Welcome to The Simple Truth. Um, today I'm going to give my story or my testimony. I know there's a lot of testimonies or Christian podcasts, videos, YouTubes out there today, but I just feel like God has urged me or put a calling on my life to reach out. As the scripture says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Um, but it's not just preaching the gospel, meaning in words, it's life-giving. So it also says in Revelation that they overcame the world by the word of their testimony. Basically, they overcame by the word of their testimony. Um, and in Acts, it also talks about how uh, the first disciples waited in the upper room and they would give their testimony and many and many were added to their numbers daily, thousands and thousands, just by people giving their testimony. And what does that mean? their testimony of how their life was changed by becoming a Christian or how their life was changed by accepting Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. That's a whole other subject, but I want to give my testimony today. So it starts all the way back when I was a child. Literally, I remember at six years old, I don't know why, it, I just did, but I do remember at six years old lying in bed thinking once we die, we're just death, just nothing, black, oblivion nothing else was that was it so i used to cry myself to sleep thinking what is this life all about why would we even be here if we just live go through all this whatever torment stress some have it good some have it bad some have it mediocre but even at six years old i remember thinking why why should we go through life if if there isn't something better and something bigger something greater and i literally cried myself to sleep um at six years old, thinking once we die, that's it. Endlessness. Black. And I know for some people, well, that's okay. And that's good. They're happy. But I just truly thought that there was something more. And I always, even at that old age, yes, I thought there's got to be something more to life than just live through this, die, and then nothing. Then came my teenage years. You know how everybody goes through that. And like most everybody's story, uh, I, mine's about the same. I went through drugs. I tried marijuana, cocaine, mar mushrooms, the whole nine yards. Um, my family was going to church. I went to a Methodist church. And uh, I, you know, believed in God. I thought that this God thing was definitely something that was uh, lo worth looking into. Um made me a little happier, made me feel like there was hope that maybe there's something better than just, you know, nothingness after life. Um, so I started going to church, had a lot of friends there, uh, youth groups, you know, all the Christmas stuff, the new, the um, Easter stuff and all that. I, but I felt, I felt good. I felt good going to church. I felt like there was at least something worth living for. Um, but I did all the, like I said, I did all the drugs. And then my mom died when I was 10 years old. Uh, yeah, literally. Uh, and to back up a little, I'm adopted. So I was adopted, and um, one day I came home from uh, school, and everything was seemed normal. But as I'm walking uh, home from school, elementary school, that is, um, I was only 10 years old. So I believe I was, uh, what is that, fifth grade? Um me and my sister walked. It was only about a mile from school. We were walking home from school, and we saw a ton of cars in front of our house. And uh, we were like, what? 
That's Aunt Susie's car. That's Uncle Jimmy's motorcycle. That's Uncle Dick's car. Uh, so we kind of sped up and started running. We raced into the house, and there's like 30 people in our house. And we're like, what's going on? And um, we didn't know what was going on. I know we are kids. Um, my sister was only 12, like I said, and I was 10. And my dad immediately saw us, and he broke down started crying. And he um, took us into, actually, funny enough, into my bedroom and I need to tell you something, sit down. And he sat us on my bed and he told us that our mother had died, passed away. And I was devastated. We both were devastated. I was like, oh my God, what What do you mean my mom died? No way possible. When you're a kid, you're thinking your parents are going to live forever. They're never going to die. You're just going to live until they get really old. And then they're going to see your wedding. They're going to see your, your, you get married and have kids and grandkids and all that. But nope. Uh, my mother died at 10 years old, and um, it was, yeah, clearly a sad time. Um, so now it was just my dad, full-time doctor, and leaving me and my sister at home, and a whole new thing to grasp in life. Um, I had no idea what I was about to do, but um, I just basically went on in life. And I think that's what kind of flung me into, I was looking for friends, looking for acceptance, looking for, um, you know, something, a way out from all the anger, stress, pain, and whatever I was going through. So I started doing drugs. I uh, yeah started out with marijuana, and like I said, did a few other things, and this took me all the way through um, high school. And um, it, was, it wasn't fun. But one thing stood out to me after a few days of, you know, going to the funeral and all my family members being there and uh, just everybody devastated. Uh, I'm only 10 years old. My sister's only 12 and we lost our mother. And three days prior to that, I uh, was taken to a car race uh, by one of my uncles, one of my favorite uncles, Uncle Guy. He asked if we could, he could take us to a, a funny car race just to get our minds off things. Because um, to back up even more, my mother had been in and out of the hospital quite a bit. And uh, we didn't know what was going to happen. We thought she would just go to the hospital, they would fix her, and then she'd come home. And um, she, was, she was at the hospital the previous week. And then she got brought home and she was basically bedridden. So she was in her room in bed. And that Friday night, my uncle came over, picked us kids up and said, give your mother and father a hug. We're going to go to this race and have some fun. So my sister went in there and hugged her. And then I went in to hug my mother and squeeze her. And I said, okay, love you, mom. And she grabbed me and pulled me in tighter. And I'm, and I'm, I still remember this vividly today. And I'm thinking, what, why is she holding me? And she whispered into my ear, I love you. I love you so much, son. But where I'm going, you cannot go there. But soon, you shall be there also. And I I love you too, Mom. I'm 10 years old. I had no clue what she was talking about. But she pulled me in again. She didn't let me go yet. She hugged me again a second time and said, I love you. But I'm leaving now. And where I'm going, you cannot go. But soon, you will be there also. I had no clue what she was talking about. We went to the race. We had a great time. They had figure eight. 
where the cars crash into each other. They had funny cars. There was even one, I remember, crashed right up into the gate and the fence right where we were sitting. Scared the crap out of me. Had a great time. Got home, woke up on Saturday, and my mother was gone. She, my dad, I guess sometime early uh, in the morning or middle of the night, had to race her to the hospital for whatever reason. That Monday is the Monday I came home with my sister from school and saw all the cars in front of our house uh, and then found out she had passed away. It didn't hit me until I got saved. And that's where I'll jump into the next segment. I did not understand what she was talking about when she said, I'm leaving now. Where I'm going, you cannot go. But soon you will be there also. I never knew what she meant until I become a, became a Christian. So when I was 18, I had a girlfriend and she invited me to a Christian retreat uh, of sorts. I didn't know what that meant. It meant we went up to Big Bear in the snow and had a great time with about 100 kids and we could all go up there and have fun and free food. It's like camping in the snow with a bunch of kids and it's Christian-based or Bible-based. I said, yeah, sure, whatever. I've been going to church my whole life. Figured no big deal. So we'll go. Um, so uh, that Friday we met at her church. We hopped in a bunch of school buses and vans. I actually jumped in one white van and she jumped in another van. They didn't really want uh, boys going and girls going together, so they separated us. That was cool, no big deal. I knew Big Bear was only from where we lived in LA. It was only an hour, hour and a half away. As we arrived to Big Bear, it was about 6 p.m. and it was uh, really cold, kind of cloudy, you know, pretty chilly up there. And everybody's piling out of the vans and the school buses. And one of the uh, adults or the leaders came over to me and said, are you Don's boyfriend? And I said, yeah, I am. Um, what's going on? So they said, come on over here real quick. So they walked me over to the van and said, uh, she's right in here. She's not feeling well. Uh, we don't know if she's going to be able to stay. And I, very confused look on my face, said, what? So I went over to the van, looked at Don, and she says, I'm sorry. I got to I got to go down the hill. Um I I didn't bring my med medication or my medicine. I'm um I'm not going to be able to stay. And I went, "What?" She goes, "No, you stay. You stay. Have a good time. Just stay. It's fun. This it'll be a great time for you. Just enjoy your time. Have a good time." And I'm like, well, I I don't know anybody here." And she's like, "But it, it's okay. All these people are friendly. They're nice. Just stay. I really want you to stay, but I can't stay. I have to go down the hill. I didn't bring my medicine." What had happened was she, we found out later, she was one of those ladies that w, double ovulated every month. She didn't bring her medication, so she was in severe pain. So they put her, I hugged her, they put her back in the van, and she immediately turned around and went back down the hill. So here's this 18-year-old kid standing on a hill in the cold, in the snow, knowing nobody, all alone. What the heck am I doing here? This is ridiculous. But a couple guys grabbed me and said, come on, I'll show you around. They took me to the place, you know, the bunks where we were going to hang out and and made me feel welcome. And it just went off from there. I kind of almost forgot about her. Not really, but you know what I mean? Just forgot about her. We went to dinner with the chow hall. We started playing games that night. They had music and all kinds of fun. And the next morning came and, and 
It was Saturday, and I said, well, well, I'm here. Make the best of it. So the day went through its normal routine. I don't want to go through all the details. I want to get to the point where I got saved. Um, we went throughout our day hiking and all that and games and fun. And then night came, and they said, we're having a concert. And I was like, a concert? Cool. Music concert. That's what I'm into. So uh, we went into this big, huge red barn type place. It didn't have hay or animals, but it was like a big old open barn. And at the very end uh, was, I guess, like a stage. And the band was in there, and they starting to play music. And all the kids piled in, probably about 100, 150 of us, if I remember right. And I sat towards the back because I didn't know anybody. So then they started playing music. And, you know, and I was getting in. I was like, this isn't bad for... You know, I was into Zeppelin, I was into Rush, I was into, you know, uh, Chicago and things like that. I wasn't into Christian music. So uh, they started playing and playing and playing. And then I started listening to the words and I said, yeah, the words are actually pretty good. They're pretty positive. It's uplifting. I felt good being there. I felt almost like encouraged. Um, so I just started listening and listening. And then the concert pretty much ended after about 45 minutes and the singer started talking to the kids and he started saying, you know, hey, uh, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're going through in life. I don't know if you experienced, you know, people that die in your family. I don't know if you, you get kids are on drugs. I don't know if you're under peer pressure. I don't know if you're getting bullied at school, whatever. Um, but Jesus Christ is there for you. He He is the hope. He is the answer to, to this life. And uh, he was just, just, down to earth just seems so down to earth and just like you know there's so, at your age obviously teenagers there's so many questions in life where are you, what's going to happen what are you going to do where are you going to be what are you going to become but Jesus can help you get through that your life's not going to be hunky dory and a bed of roses but he can help you through all that stuff and um and I started listening and then the next thing you know, he's he's kind of done, and he starts saying to the to the kids, if anybody wants to come up to the altar or to the stage, and ask Jesus Christ into their hearts, and be saved, come on up. And kids just started piling out of their seats and walking up to the stage and getting on the floor and crying. And and I'm standing there going, what what is this all about? I literally I know I don't get saved, saved from what? Um, so I just stayed in my in my seat. Um, and I basically stood there. I was standing basically the whole time. And then he, after all this is going on, commotion, kids are crying and things are going on. I guess they're getting saved and whatever. And then he just puts out his arm and he points to the back of the room to a bunch of us that are just standing there and says, Hey, you don't need to come all the way up here to get saved. Jesus can save you right where you're standing. And it just hit me like a... I don't, I don't even know how to describe it in words, but like a lead balloon, they call it, or or a, an explosion in your heart. Something said, you need to go up there. And I actually wanted to go up front. And it felt like my feet were cemented to the ground. Like I had somebody holding my ankles or that my feet on ankles were already in cement blocks and I could not move. And then that started kind of, what the heck is going on? I started getting confused, like... I literally tried to take a step. I could not move. This is a truth and a fact. I could not move. And he said, like I said, you do not need to leave your seat to get saved. You can ask Jesus Christ into your heart right where you stand. And I said, well, <laughs> I can't move, so I'm going to do it right here. And I just said simple words. Jesus Christ, come into my heart. Save my soul. And it felt like a lightning bolt hit the top of my head, 
shot down to my feet, which freed them and exploded the cement blocks. Now I could move and then shot back out of my body and out of my head. I never felt anything in my life like that. And I know if you're listening, I know for a fact you're saying, oh, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen to most people. It doesn't happen to 9 out of 10, 9.9 out of 10 people. But it happened to me. And it is a truth. I, I never felt anything like that in my life. It literally felt like a lightning bolt. Went through my body, shot back out, and I was boom, and I could move. I stepped out from where I was at just to see if I could. I stepped in the aisle. I did not go forward. I didn't go forward. But I stepped out, and I literally, I couldn't. The overwhelming presence of God and the Holy Spirit, I started bawling my brains out. I knew something had changed in me that instant, that I was not the same person. I was different immediately. And if you're a Christian and you're listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not a Christian, I dare you to challenge God to change your life. That's all I'm saying. Jesus is real. God is real. And he can change your life. What does it mean to be saved? He saves, saves you from the pit of hell, meaning he cleanses us from our sins so we don't our sin doesn't take us to hell. I'll explain that in another episode. That God doesn't send you to hell. He never does. He doesn't want to. He loves you more than you can even fathom or imagine. He loves you more than your mom and dad. He loves you more than your parents could ever love you. Anybody could ever love you. And that's why he came to save you from the pit of hell. Sin sends you to hell, not God. Get that in your head. I'm going to be straight on these podcasts. I'm going to be blunt and I'm going to be forward. God saved me from the pit of hell and I knew it. I knew it right then and there. I was saved. I hope you ask Jesus Christ in your heart today. He can save you from whatever pit you're in, whatever concrete blocks you got on your feet. He can save you from any situation you're in. God bless you. And I wanted to conclude with, after I became a born-again Christian and started reading the Bible, I came to John chapter 14, and Jesus himself said, Where I go, you shall be there also. Read chapter 14, John chapter 14. It's an amazing chapter.